0: Shuddie at Black Girls Texting. I know y'all see my text, you better answer me back.
1: I'm Charles Pinky, also known as the Washing Machine Queen. I'm classically trained. Me, 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 me. It's Glenn at Best.Brat.
2: Wow, you did us.
1: Goodbye. 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 Welcome, welcome to Black Girls Texting. Tea is steadily spilled in our group chat, and each week, we let you in on it. I'm Chels Pinky, also known as the Washing Machine Queen.
2: I'm Glenn at bed
0: Brat. And I am Sade at Black Girls Texting, and today I'm really, really excited because we have a special guest. We so excited. We have Marley, Hi, aka everyone. The Chocolate Dom. So in reading your bio, I see you hail from the South, yes. and you've recently been moved to New York I don't know if it's, it's still two years ago but more or less you're pretty new to the city mm-hmm. and you began to dabble in the BDSM industry yes something that I found also really fascinating is that you have an undergraduate and graduate degree in human sciences so we're going to get into that because I'm really curious about how you use that within your practices you also founded an organization called the Black Dom Sorority yes have to learn more about that And you throw swinger parties in the city. I sure do. (laughs) we have a line of questions, but I just wanted to open it up for you in case you wanted to give us some more background on yourself.
3: Um, Yes. So like you pointed out, I am originally from North Carolina, um, a small town called Greenville. People might not know about it, but I went to school in Raleigh at a HBCU called North Carolina Central, So I moved to New York three years ago. Uh, This January made three years, and I moved here to come to grad school, where I uh, majored in fashion marketing. And um, for a while, I was working in corporate fashion. I just finished my corporate job last month, and then, me. In the meantime, I was getting into BDSM and you know being a hostess at swinger parties, and eventually became a pro and financial dominatrix.
2: Yeah, that's something that I found so interesting. that your work is within um, FINDOM,
0: which is something that I
2: haven't really heard much about before. I think we we did an episode recently on fantasies, and we were talking about BDSM and submission and dominance. But what exactly does FINDOM mean? What do those arrangements look like?
3: Um, So basically, FINDOM, which is short for financial domination, is an erotic form of humiliation where basically the submissive gets off by handing over his money, his wallet, anything dealing with anything monetary he hands it over to the dominant and that's how he gets off and he doesn't expect anything in return it's just um a type of kink that gets them off interesting
2: which do you think that it's um like the power in that that they feel empowered by being able to like pay for what they want or you know we are talking a little bit about your human sciences background like what is that desire or that kink about like motivated by
3: um, it's more so the feeling of not having any control, because it's not more so that they feel like they have power by being able to pay for what they want, because they're not getting anything from us when they pay us. There's no service, there's no um Oh my
1: God.
3: even type of humiliation session, like there's nothing. They literally just hand the money or send the money online and they disappear. So what? I think it's more so the feeling of... Wow feeling of not having control or the feeling of giving in to an addiction or it's like it's risky to them the thought of giving their money away to a stranger that they'll never meet but they get off from that
1: wow are there like like agreed limits or is it just like for that time you can just like use as much money of theirs as you can
3: so, like, usually some girls, like, set limits, so they'll be, like, to even talk to me, you have to pay $50, $100, like, whatever that might be, and then within you, like, between you and that sub, you pretty much decide, okay, what are you going to spend, what can you spend, like, what's your budget, um, like, how much money can you give me per week, per month, things like that.
2: Oh, my God, this is fascinating, and I, I did also read that you got interested in this work because you could do it from home, like, the sick, like without having to engage with someone in person, um, yes, like the safety behind that.
3: Yes. Yes. So, um, basically I wanted to do it online first before I got into actual domination because Fendom online helped me to learn how to even communicate and talk, like what terms to use, like how to figure out, you know, the different personalities of different subs and just trying to figure out what my like Dom personality would be.
2: Wow. I feel like this is so interesting in this culture that we're in now where like what's that, that in that Roddy Rich song, he's like, She sucked a soul, got a catch up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's all these I feel like that's um, people are often talking about this arrangement of like dudes, you know, financing their lives, but it always seems to come with an act. Right. Like you have to, like a service. Right.
1: Um, yeah like even the city girls (laughs) but like the idea of getting the financial I guess like gifts or whatever you want to call it um without having to do an act is always something that I don't know it's just so interesting like how does that I, I really want to know what the psychology is behind that 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 can turn someone on without having anything done to them
3: Well, mind you, like, when I first found out about Fendom, like, just doing my research, because I researched for about three months before I even, like, made my own profile and got into it, and at first I was like, there's no way this is true, like, there's no way that men are handing their money over and not wanting anything in exchange, but I realized that it is very much so true, and I think the uh, psychology behind it is that, like I said, it's an addiction they're feeding, it's something that they know is strange and peculiar, and it's something that they know, like, is risky, but they love it, and it's just like it gets them off to know that they're funding another Dom's life, whether that's, you know, her going out and getting her nails done and posting a picture and saying, hey, losers, I got my nails done, <laughs> you pay me back, you know? <laughs> so, like, being able to be called a loser, because within Dom it's a lot of public humiliation and verbal humiliation within it, mm-hmm. too.
1: Yeah, I saw there was, like, a picture that that went viral of you with, he looked like he was a white man on an HBCU's campus. Yes, <laughs> So tell us about that, like how did that come up, Come about?
3: So I just basically posted on Twitter, I was like, hey, I'll be in North Carolina for my school's homecoming and North Carolina Central, if anyone wants to serve while I'm out there, because besides Fendom, I do like regular female domination too, which is like, you know, the things people see, like wearing the leather and whipping and spanking. I do like all that too. And I'm thinking like when I travel, I like to make these posts so that I can use my opportunity to secure a bag wherever I'm going And I made that post and he reached out and he was like, I would love to, you know, basically be your slave on a leash or be your pet on a leash. And, you know, I even try to offer him like, "Okay, that's fine. Would you like to have a mask? Because this is a very, very like highly like everyone's going to be on campus. It's going to be a lot of people. He didn't even want to wear a mask. He was just so enthusiastic. And then I met up with him on campus and I just walked him on the leash.
1: Oh, my God.
3: obsessed
1: is there is is there an element to race that comes into play um i recently saw a play called slave play oh i'm God. not sure if you have you heard of it
3: <laughs> i've heard of it
1: yeah oh and like God. um we even have friends who get off kind of deal, talking about those sorts of topics is there an element of like race that um highlights this these types of relationships
3: Yes. Yeah, so within my sessions and within my dom archetype of personality, um, I work very strongly with reparations. So a lot of my sessions yes. are reparation sessions. So um, a lot of white men will come to me like wanting to play off that of reparations, giving me their money, me walking them, tying them up, spanking them. It's a form of reparation. And that's the angle that I always use.
2: Ooh, I love that. So that's so interesting because not to spoil it, but Slate Play, I think, is done. Actually, hopefully it comes back. But it was all about these like interracial relationships and like this weird power play between these couples. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of what they were doing was like reparations. Um,
3: yeah, like mind you right now I have one of my subs. he's actually doing a Black History Month project every day of this month. He has to research a black woman and um, basically record himself doing the presentation to me.
1: <laughs> oh my
2: goodness <laughs> so yeah uh, Did you give him that assignment?
3: yeah I gave him that assignment
2: oh my god yeah. I love this
1: okay so how does one start you know get into this work because it sounds very intriguing and I'm sure Glenn is like has her notepad and she's <laughs> <laughs> like how do I do this
3: um I join like the sorority <laughs> so basically like you would first you need to decide like why you want to do it like how much time you can put into doing it and like you know, how much you really want to research and be the best that you can be. I think a lot of girls start out with financial domination only because it's less pressure. They can do it from the safety of their home. They can log on whenever they want to, choose, like, the hours they want to do it. But then you have some girls that want to do female-led domination because maybe they want to do more physical stuff. Maybe they want to spank and whip and, you know, tie up and do all that stuff. So I guess it really just depends on what you want to do. So, like, I started out with Dom and graduated up to doing the more physical in-person stuff. But what I like to highlight to a lot of people, and I think why a lot of lot more black women are coming into being a dominatrix, because yes, being a dominatrix is sex work, but there's no sex. So it's a form of sex work, but the dom never even gets naked. My whole career, I've never even gotten naked in front of a mm. client. Wow. So I think that's why a lot more women are looking into the BDSM side, because they see it's less pressure, and literally doing dom work, it's all about you. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this is like very intriguing. Um what about so is it considered sex work? Are there doms that do have sex? Is it is it just different because you're a financial dom?
3: So, I'm also like a pro dom. So, a pro dom is a dominatrix that does sessions for monetary exchange. And then you have something called a lifestyle dom who just does sessions um they basically just live the lifestyle. They love to do it just because and I'm not saying that there aren't dominatrix that are out there that, you know, don't have sex, but it's very rare in the pro realm, Um, and it's very put out there to subs that this is very consensual in the way of there's no penetration, there's nothing like that, but it is, it still falls under the umbrella of sex work because you are still selling some kind of kink or sexual fantasy.
1: Right. Do you, and you can tell me if I'm getting too personal, do you date, like, I guess in a, in... more traditional way as well
3: yes so I definitely date in a more traditional way I consider myself a switch which I can be dominant or submissive but I can only Mm. be submissive for the right guy Mm. um so I do date traditionally and I'll even tell like my dates like hey this is what I do I'm a dominatrix but I also can be very vanilla and vanilla means just very normalized regular um Mm -hmm. you know not really bdsm based but I do date regularly too
1: and like and you're honest with them you tell them how do they react
3: um it depends because majority well not a majority all the men I date are african-american men um that's just my preference and um you know you'll get some guys that are like you know wanting to know more about it like what does that mean like what all do you do and then you have some that are instantly like you're not going to dominate me and I'm like well <laughs> of course not because you're not paying me anyway so that's not even a topic of discussion so yeah
2: Wow, I'm just sitting here, so shook. (laughs) Um,
3: I want to speak to,
2: I guess, the space that, the space for Black and um, like Latina women Mm -hmm. um, in this industry because I know that that's really important to you and you want to like carve Mm -hmm. out more space for um, Black and Brown women. Um, Maybe if you can even speak to, like, traditionally, why we were not so involved in these communities. Um, And you kind of spoke to that even in like your dating. I guess I don't know. There's all these like stigmas that we have in our community as is and a lot of everything we do has to be like pretty covert which I think the industry itself is kind of a subculture Yeah, I don't know, any
3: thoughts? Um, So basically you know, BDSM and kink is considered taboo in our culture so mind you for the most part, you know, the black communities, the Latino communities, we are very open about talking about sex and music music videos, stuff like that but when it also comes down to the psychology of sex and enjoying it beyond just you know a quickie then that's when it becomes taboo And for the most part, black women, we are over-sexualized, but when we want to make money from our sexuality, that's when it becomes a problem um, to society. It becomes, hey, now I can't use her for my enjoyment. Now I'm actually funding her lifestyle and helping her out with her life. And, you know, maybe I have a problem with that, which is weird that people have a problem with that, but that's what happens. Um, So the reason why I created the space I created was because I wanted black and Afro-Latino women to have a space where they could come Talk about sexuality, talk about any sexual trauma they've been through, talk about things they want to try, um, talk about like maybe their past history as a stripper or escort or whatever they might have done in their life is a no judgment zone at all. And I wanted to Mm -hmm. create that. And that's why I moved forward in creating Black Dom Sorority.
2: Yeah. Tell us more about how that works. Like, what does that support system look like? Do you offer
3: sessions? Um, So basically, Black Dime Sorority was created July of 2019. Um, At first, it was just a free-for-all group on Facebook, we had like 1,100 members, and then the more that the popularity came, the more that I wanted to make it more of a sisterhood, so it was getting rid of those inactive members, um, you know, more so keeping on the girls that wanted to be a part of the membership and the sisterhood, and from there, there's so many benefits, like we just got t-shirts made that I'm mailing out on Monday. Um, We have events in the city. We have a slumber party coming up on Valentine's Day where we're going to allow subs to come and be like dominated by us. And they're going to pay to get in and all this stuff. Um,
1: I also hold.
3: Yeah, I also hold classes. So um, I'm on a kinky tour right now. So every month I go to a new city and I host classes to the public, mostly black women. And, you know, the sorority girls that are in the group right now, they're, like, in all 50 states. I even have some in, like, South Africa, Paris. Like, they're all over. So it's my goal to just travel all year and get to meet them. And just there's, like, emergency fund for girls that might, like, be in a bind. There's, like, travel oh sponsorship. Gosh. One of our sisters just uh, got diagnosed with stage 3 ovarian cancer. So, like, the money went towards helping her and her GoFundMe. Mm. So it's, it's very much so a sisterhood. And right now we're at 300 members, and I try to do inductions once a month. So it's just having that close-knit group.
2: That's beautiful. Do you do, like, financial literacy stuff with your, your um, sisters? And I guess, like, yeah, teach into how they can make their, that bag mm-hmm. last. Yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so like I teach them on how to obtain an LLC because right now, like even my brand, the Chocolate Dom is an LLC in the state of New York. Yep, I, um, I make sure I teach them that if they're using websites like OnlyFans or if they're using other websites where they're putting up content to make sure that they're filing the taxes because these websites do have, you know, uh, those laws put, you know, in place. Um, I also talked to them about, like, how to, like, invest your money into certain things, or how to, when you're with the sub, how to basically monetize even more, how to market yourself, how to create content. We just had a, a course on Friday where I went over how to market yourself. So there's always a course, and there's always consistent learning. There's even times in the group where I learn from other girls things that I didn't know. And I just love learning from everyone. I,
2: I'm obsessed. Okay, I have a kind of, off, not off-the-wall question, but... Bear with me. So I was watching something recently about, like, sex trafficking Mm -hmm. and how, you know, it's a serious problem. And this particular documentary was based in D.C. And they were saying that if, um, like, sex work was decriminalized, Mm -hmm. it would make, like, it would totally change the landscape of um, sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. And I know there's always been all of these, like, debates about whether or not sex work should be legal like for for the like I feel like this has been an ongoing Mm -hmm. conversation since we were like bootlegging liquor Mm -hmm. um wondering if you have thoughts on that just like the legalities around that I guess this would be particularly like yeah sex work and like intercourse and paying for that yes
3: so basically This question is something I talk about a lot because even during inductions, the girls go through a three-day process before they can join the group. And one of the discussion questions is, do you think sex work should be decriminalized or legalized? And I stand on the point of that I think it should be decriminalized um, only because when you legalize something, that gives room for more men to move into the space. And, you know, for the most part, men aren't doing things from a very, very moral part of ground. Um, So when I think of legalization, I think of how that opens the window for more people to become, like, pimps or try to become johns or whatever because now it's legal and they feel like they can get away with it. Um, Decriminalization will help in the sense of, if a girl is caught or whatever that might be, or doing sex work, that she won't have to go to jail for it. She won't have to worry about her bank account getting taken away. She won't have to worry about, like, you know, any benefits she might have being taken away. She won't have to worry about being outed. So that's why I stand really on the decriminalization point, because I feel like that's just more important for us.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and it kind of seems like a way for women to, like, also take ownership, because, i know we spoke to um we spoke to a sex a sex worker who also is a stripper Mm -hmm. and she was telling us all these like loopholes that she has to jump through basically to keep most of her money and it seems like men are you know taking most of the money because of all these laws that keep women down essentially
2: yeah. yeah, it was like the Foster Sesta she
1: was yeah. saying. Was about.
3: Yes, yeah, yes. I've been I've been personally affected by Foster Sesta um, to the point where I'm on my fourth Instagram page now. And that's why my page wow. is private. Yeah, that's why my page is private now because um, they deleted me multiple times. And mind you, my page has mm. nothing to do with even sex or anything. It just, they delete me. So I learned that changing my gender to male on Instagram helps.
1: Wow. And,
3: yeah, and that also having my page private helps.
2: Wait, can you remind us what Foster sesta is and, like, why it's so, I guess, like, why it's damaging? Problematic? Yeah, problematic,
3: yeah. Um, so basically, Foster sesta is more so working towards disabling sex workers online, um, disabling them to be able to receive money through avenues such as PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, whatever ways that vanilla people are able to receive money freely. They're basically putting, you know, more of a lockdown on you know sex workers being able to do that that comes with the you know the laws on instagram and facebook of you can't post nipples like unless you're breastfeeding and like just all these rules against women that don't apply to men for the most part and you know it's a way to attack individualized sex workers if instagram feels like they can't make money off of us then they feel like they shouldn't have to protect us but then you still have pages that are up like playboy and stuff like that but that's because in a way instagram is probably making money off of them
2: Mm, facts I didn't even think about that You're right like, Yeah Something that you said Was so interesting You said The ways that Vanilla people Like <laughs> Send and receive money Yeah and I wonder Like It just makes me think about There's like this division Between Like you know Ways that some people Want to live their lives And ways that others Want to live their lives Is there mm-hmm. that kind of tone Within the community That like that dollar in one space And there are vanilla people On the other side But you also said You date very vanilla Yeah So just Yeah
3: um i think it becomes a problem once you see and you'll see it a lot on social media that people will try to talk down on sex workers like oh hey go get a real job sex work is a real job we have to clock in like everybody else we have to deal with clients we have to render a service it's still a job um so when you see the vanilla people you know talking down on us and all that stuff it makes it it creates that separation all we simply ask for is support we're not asking for you to buy our stuff we're not asking for you to book us we're just asking simply for support because that support goes a long way and hey maybe we don't want to work that traditional nine-to-five or maybe we can't work that traditional nine-to-five maybe we have other things going on where having our own schedule is more beneficial than us to us than getting up and you know working the same schedule
2: right everybody has to get it how
3: they live it yeah. and also
2: it's the work that you're doing is bringing people joy and pleasure
3: yeah exactly
2: yeah
1: I do mean, you least, ever oh sorry. sorry go ahead chelsea so i i asked it to the to the woman we had on who, who was a sex worker um and i wonder if it applies to you do you ever um deal with guys who are in relationships and like if so is it like kind of therapy for them or therapeutic
3: i personally um have not worked with anyone in a relationship and to be honest, I don't know if I've ever worked with anyone in a relationship because the thing with doms and subs is you don't get into anything personal. There's no personal questions. Mm. You don't ask anything. Like, they don't even get our real name. I'm pretty sure the subs don't use their real name. So the whole thing about the dom-sub thing is strictly keep into that BDSM fantasy and keep into that BDSM world. We don't really get into each other's business. So could I have maybe worked with someone that was in a relationship? Yes. But would I have known that? No.
1: Gotcha. Okay. And do do they, like... I'm just trying to, like, picture it. Isn't them, like, saying, like, oh, can you please, like, hit me? Or can you please, like, make me do something? Is it up to them? Or is it, like, totally up to you how a session goes?
3: Um, so basically... Everything in BDSM is consensual. So if there's something I want to do and the sub doesn't want to do it, we're not doing it and vice versa. So basically like on my Dom profile, I'll have listed all the kinks and fetishes that I'm into. And then typically from there, the sub will read it and come to me and say, Hey, I see you offer this. I'm into that. Also, can we set up a session? So that's more so like, you know, terms like Mm -hmm. impact play, which, you know, impact play is whipping. Then you have terms like feminization. That's when subs want to be dressed up in women's clothing and makeup and all that stuff. That's my favorite. And then, like, you have, like, bondage sessions where they want to be tied up. Then you have the more extreme sessions where they want to be, like, you know, golden showers and stepped on and kicked in Ooh. the balls. So it can go from very, very light to very extreme.
1: And is there, like, a legal contract that, like, protects you? Like, hey, I'm going to kick you in the balls. We agreed on this. You can't, like, say I assaulted you.
2: Yo, because, real quick, on pose, this woman, like, one of her. Yeah, died. I know the
3: episode. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically I make sure I have everything in writing. And then on my side, I sign an NDA. Um, there's a lot of more smaller doms that don't go through that process, but I only go through that process because of my increased popularity on the internet, because I'm more out there on the internet. Um, cause A lot of girls in my group actually, you know, they'll only take pictures from the neck down. The thing about BDSM, hiding your identity is not anything that's foreign. So, like, you have some women that only like to wear masks, but then you have women Mm. like me that are just out there and don't care. And, you know, but personally, I sign an NDA only because I feel like I have, you know, things that things to lose, basically.
1: Yeah. We quickly touched upon, like, the aspect of race and um, kind of how black women especially have been. I don't know, over-sexualized, but then at the same time kind of limited on how much sex they can talk about and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Does your, do people in your personal life, like your family and friends, know um, like your dominatrix life?
3: Yes, yeah, so my parents actually come to my classes. <laughs> Oh, my God. I love that. Yeah. Um, So my parents come to my classes. My sister is helping me with my class in D.C. All my friends. Most of my friends are actually either my assistants or they help me with my marketing and my media. Um, They've like officially become a part of my team. Um, So I'm very, very fortunate to have that privilege. And I do understand my privilege because I also understand there are more so a lot of women in this industry that if their friends or family found out their life would be over. Mm-hmm. So I do recognize yeah. my privilege and recognize that I am the outlier and that I'm very like fortunate. But yeah, my family and friends are behind me 100. percent That's a beautiful that's beautiful.
1: Thing. Did yeah, my have- mom just
3: asked me, mind you, for a black dom sorority t shirt. I love that.
1: So did you did you and your mom have like open and your parents have like open dialogue about sex? Because that's something else I've been pondering too
3: no we didn't um so I grew up in a family of six three boys and three girls and I was a middle child and we didn't talk about sex until my older brother had a baby in high school
2: Mm. that's when
3: and that and by that time I was like already 16 years old and like you know I already learned about sex through porn and you know just being nosy on the internet and looking at stuff that I'm not supposed to be looking at on the internet but we never had that open dialogue about sex
2: Wow, yeah, we had a conversation with someone recently um, who was saying that her mom gave her her first vibrator,
1: and Mm -hmm. in talking to her
2: about sex, it wasn't like, don't do it, or not even, or it wasn't even like, if you do it, use protection, it was also, it was like, if you do it, use protection, and and also it should feel good, you should find pleasure through it, and Mm -hmm. we were just kind of talking about how much that would change the way that we look at sex, especially as black people. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned a little earlier. Oh, sorry. Go ahead,
1: Chelsea. No, I was just going to say, I think that's definitely something I want to do one day if I have a daughter, like kind of have that open dialogue because things would have been a lot less traumatic if I, (laughs) for me, you know, Mm -hmm. but go ahead, Glenn, ask your.
2: No, well, you said earlier um, that you were into like seeing your subs dress up in like women's clothing or that you list a list of things that you're into doing so do mm-hmm. you find pleasure from like doing your dominance
3: i definitely find pleasure in impact play especially if i had a long day just being able to basically like whoop someone's ass it's like very much so a good outlet um good stress reliever so i definitely find pleasure in that as in like Pleasure up to the point of orgasm? No. Um, Only because, like I said, there's no penetration. Like, there's no oral penetration. There's nothing like that. I get more pleasure in seeing them just, like, bow at my feet and just tell me I'm amazing and beautiful and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Okay, so I want to learn more about, like, the swinger parties in Mm -hmm. New York. Um, is it like a, is, am I, is it the swinger parties? Yeah, well, it's a, it's it. a, sw- like,
3: do do? <laughs> it's a swinger slash like play party, more so a play party.
1: Okay. So is it like uh like, how do you get invited to these? Um, what's the, like, you know, walk us through it. I've never been to one.
3: Okay. So basically like little background, I, uh, when I was between jobs at the grad school, I found an ad on Craigslist to be a hostess at a swinger party and that just basically included you know serving drinks making sure people are okay like taking people's coats and stuff like that and so when I worked at this swinger party I looked around I was like you know this concept is really really nice but it's all old white people like I mm-hmm. was doing some stuff that I needed to instantly wash my eyes out after um <laughs> but like I was like this is like an amazing concept but like can we have this for black people and you know Swinger parties for black people isn't foreign at all. Like It's been happening underground. Like I'm pretty sure people have been throwing their own parties. But I was mm. like, I want to throw parties for black millennials specifically. Mm. Um, so then I basically took all the information I learned from being at the swinger party and thought, okay, how could I make it better? So then I threw my first party in. it was June of last year. So a lot of stuff happened last year. <laughs> Um, so it was, uh, June of 2019 where I threw my first party and, you know, I was very nervous. Like, are people going to come out or whatever? And I had over 40 people come and I, yeah, I got an Airbnb in Brooklyn. I made sure the ratio was even. So like there's single men, single women and couples. I think the oldest person I had at the party was maybe like 32 and the youngest was me when I was 24. So like, it was a good little age range and, I'm having my third party on February 15th in Brooklyn again. Oh. It, yeah, it is already sold out. Um, so, basically, <laughs> so basically, at my parties, um, I provide food. It's bring your own bottle. Um, there's a bartender. There's security. I provide all condoms, all types of contraceptives. I provide all that stuff. And my biggest thing at my parties that I harp on a lot, like before the party even starts, is the word consent. So I'm very big on that. I'm very big on if someone does not want to do something with you, please leave them the hell alone. Like, um, always make sure you ask somebody don't assume just because it's a sex party that anything goes like you always want to make sure you ask. And I always make sure I have security, like implementing that rule also like walking around and all that stuff, just making a safe environment. And basically to advertise that I just post a link on Eventbrite. I have a lot of people that return from past parties and then I have a lot of new people. Majority of the party is new people. So like getting them relaxed is like a big thing.
1: How do you get them relaxed?
3: Um basically like my party is more so the vibe of like a sex kickback, you know. It's not like something it's not like something you walk in and everyone's like already having sex and then like you have like your pressure to take your clothes off or mm-hmm. whatever. It's more so like it's a kickback. You can have people having sex. You can have people just drinking. You can have people just watching TV. You can have people just listening to music. Like there's no pressure oh my God, to do that anything. That sounds so cool. Yeah, <laughs> and there's like I even allow voyeurs to come. So voyeurs are people that just want to watch. Like there's no absolute pressure to do anything. Like it's even my party, and I don't do anything. I just walk around in my lingerie and look cute.
1: <laughs> but hey, yeah, that's so cool.
3: Yeah.
1: And I was wondering that too. Like if someone could just like go and watch, or is, would they be kicked out if they're not participating?
3: So, yeah, you can go and watch. only thing is, I don't allow phones. If you want to use your phone, you have to go, like, on the back patio. That's, like, a very, very strict thing. I've had to, like, kick someone out before. Um, Only because a lot of people that come to my parties are either in the corporate world or, like, you don't have a lot to lose. So you never want a situation where someone feels like they're being recorded.
2: Right. We wondered if you could share, like, a really wild story. I know there's probably... You have like agreements with your your, your subs um, about like not sharing what they're interested in or like their kinks or or what have you. Mm-hmm. But I'm so intrigued, like the golden showers. The is there, <laughs> is, has there been like a request that was just like,
3: whoa. Yeah. So one guy wanted to be like fully castrated. Like he wanted his penis completely oh cut off. Oh my god. And what? I was like, I was like, you're blocked because. <laughs> That sounds like something that, like, that I don't need anything that's going to sacrifice my freedom out
1: here. Right. He um, try so, to put you in jail.
3: Yeah, so, like, you'll get subs like that. And, you know, of course, they're always asking because, obviously, their penis hasn't been cut off yet because no one wants to do it. Oh, my fucking God. But, yeah, you'll get requests like that. And, yeah. What was he willing to pay?
1: <laughs> that's wild.
3: Like, for something like that i think he had offered like 3k an hour but i'm just like that's like the damages are going to be way more than that exactly even to your own mental yeah it's not worth it and i tell the girls that too i was like all business is not good business like never just take something just because like i've gotten Mm -hmm. offers like large offers for stuff that it's still my consent and that you know i still won't do oh my god what about like scat play What's scat that? play I just don't mess with. Now I'll do golden showers, like stuff like that, but like Scat Play is something mind Wait, you. Wait, what's like, Scat Play? It's like pooping on someone. Oh. And oh. like that's requested a lot in this industry. Um and there are DOMs wow. that provide that service, but me personally, like the thought of doing that is just not not my wave.
2: Oh my god. I just keep thinking I'm getting images of two girls, one cup
1: oh
3: my gosh I can. that
2: burns in my brain Thanks. Have, I, now I, to I gotta out. wash my eyes
3: out
1: <laughs> <laughs> I never like really believed that it was pooped it looked like chocolate ice cream or something I don't know <laughs> I was, like,
3: oh so. my gosh that's <laughs> literally ruined my brain
2: <laughs> damn um, should we hop into our what would you do Chelsea or you got anything else
1: um, I have so many thoughts, but let's we can hop into our What Would You Do? And then if something else pops up that's ex- that I need to ask, I'll ask it. <laughs> How's that? Okay. Shut up. What would
0: you do? Okay, so we have a segment on the show. It's called What Would You Do? And it's basically listener letters where people let us know or ask us questions. But this one is someone just letting us know. Um, this is an interesting one. I'm really excited. It's kind of perfect coming off of scat play. Um, So, (laughs) we're just going to jump right in. (laughs) They say, hey, BGT, y'all are my faves. I'm a gay black man, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm a black girl texting. Yes. (laughs) I've heard some of your crazy stories, and I wanted to share one of my own. This is more of a tell-all than a what would you do, but I want to know your thoughts. I recently hooked up with a dude, and the dick was fire. But while he was eating me out, he kept saying... Quote, push it out. <laughs> I looked at him very confused, and he kept telling me to, quote, push it out. Then I realized this man wanted me to fart on him. Oh. Let's just say I did it. <laughs> Am I a freak? Would y'all
1: do this, since <laughs> Oh my sincerely? God. Freak nasty Nancy. <laughs> That's
2: hilarious. <laughs>
1: I don't think there's anything oh, wrong with doing my that. God. No, Me either. Definitely I definitely love how
0: it. he like told the story. And I don't know. I, I When I was reading this, I was like, would I do this? I feel like I would. Just because like, what else am I going to fart on somebody?
2: But well, when their <laughs> mouth is in your booty hole though. I don't know. I, I might get turned <laughs> off to be
3: honest. But I don't think you're a freak. <laughs> what do you think? I don't. I don't think that's freaky well you know i see so much stuff in my life anyway so it's like to me that's like the the smallest of things like i've done that before
1: so don't be ashamed yeah that's i feel like i I might have done that by
3: accident i know i feel like a lot of people have probably done it by accident (laughs) and didn't realize
1: yeah no that's that's like that's vanilla no i'm kidding but i mean i think the
2: act of like the dude saying do it and then you actually did it i think that happens a lot in sex though you're like oh shit I just did that. Like, the more you, you're open with someone and you start to just push yourself and do things that you haven't done before, I think yeah. you question, like, was that wild? But nah, Like, you'll just keep adding more, into, more experiences. Into yeah,
1: I, I wonder um, if your experience, like, because, you know, you talked about the consent and, like, mm-hmm. really being clear about what you are willing to do and them being really clear about what they want. Mm-hmm. Has that helped you like in your like sexual life cuz I feel like a lot of times women don't really say what they want?
3: Yeah, so like even me, I've gotten to the point now where like if the sex is lackluster, I will literally tell him to leave. Like I not like,
1: lackluster,
3: <laughs> and not even like to the point of being extremely rude. But I'll just I, you know I'll say something like you know this isn't really what I thought it would be. I'm gonna go to bed now. You know like I like I don't believe in having I don't believe in having bad sex just because you want to sit through it for him. Like that makes no sense because obviously he's not there for you because he can't even like perform mm. uh, properly. So, like, in the bedroom, I'm very much so, like, I still can be submissive, but I'm very much so dominant. Like, hey, I want you to do this. I want you to do that to me. Like, I like it this way instead. So, I'm very vocal.
1: That's amazing. Um, We were watching Goop, this, like, Goop show, and on episode three, they kind of talk a lot about women's pleasure, and there was an exercise where these women did, um, where they, like, were getting hand massages, Mm -hmm. and- they had to say exactly what they want wanted, so like keep rubbing my the middle of my hand, put more oil on my hand, mm-hmm. pull that finger, and I feel like that's such a a good exercise because people don't really be saying what they want. No, they sure. don't, especially women yeah, yeah and I think I think more women
3: up. I think more women will orgasm and have better sex if they like you know took agency over what they wanted,
1: mm-hmm. I agree, but I will also say I think some women probably genuinely don't even know what they want because, like, I feel like boys, like, have been playing with themselves from the beginning of time. Like, I've seen yeah. little babies touch on themselves. Yeah. And, like, girls, it's kind of different. Like, I didn't touch myself till I was older.
0: Yeah, same. 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 Wait, really? How old were you?
1: Um, When you got me that vibrator, literally, like, probably four years ago
0: yeah i was out of college i didn't get my first before
3: then i didn't get my first vibrator until i moved to new york when i was 22
1: see 22 22 yeah Yeah. because i'm like i'm not because i i I tried to like you know be a dj and like rub it (laughs) but i'm like okay nothing's happening so i'm not gonna keep doing this right so like using the vibrator was the first time that like i could Do it myself.
0: But you weren't like humping shit as a child. I humped everything. Oh yeah, I used to hump everything. I did not. (laughs) (laughs) And I bet
1: if I did, my mom would like slap me.
2: Oh my god! Yeah, I did. There. (laughs) Yeah, I think about this four poster bed in my grandmother's house and i just can't see it the same way like one of the columns on the bed i just used to hump it all
0: the time bro tickle me elmo
3: (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) y'all
1: (laughs) are (laughs) fucking mr Smiley, did you have any of those experiences as a child
3: um i feel like one time i tried the thing with like running the bath water and getting under the faucet like, I tried that one time, Yes. I didn't, I didn't understand it, so I was like, what is this? Like, what's going on? Yo, um, I never yeah. got that
2: either, but then I, in my older age now, I understand.
1: <laughs> like,
2: if, if, if there's a thing for the shower head, a good shower head.
1: Yeah, I also think there's so much pressure. Like, I don't know, because with guys, okay, you, like, rub it a little, and, like, something comes out. Not rub it a little, but, you know, it's, like, so obvious. Mm-hmm. Whereas with women, it's just, like, a bit more complicated. I don't know.
2: Or is it?
1: Yeah, because, like, there's, like, levels. Like, I knew yeah. for, there was, like, a while where I was, like, I don't think I've ever had an orgasm. Yeah. And then, yeah. like, it's just, like, you're not sure at first. And then, you know how it's it's just so obvious for guys.
3: Right. Yeah, here, I didn't, like, yeah. personally, I had to teach myself, like, the first time I masturbated, I squirted. So I felt like I opened the door. Oh, shit. <laughs> I got it's, lucky. It's, like, such an extreme. Yeah, you're like, oh, my God, I did it. Like, I, okay, yeah. This was Yeah, really- But then,
1: was it easy for you to do it again? Because I've yeah, Oh, now once. I
3: can. now I can do it on command. I can literally just do it. Wow.
1: Okay, can yeah, you give us I advice don't. on that?
3: <laughs> so, like, basically, like, this even goes back to my swinger parties. Like, to get everyone, like, comfortable, I squirt for everybody. So, like... Not only does it, like, open up, like, a sexual energy, it's, like, education, too, because people are standing around and want to know, like, you know, how I'm doing it, like, especially yeah. with women. Um, so, basically, the only way that I squirt is with clit stimulators, so, like, the vibrators that go only on the clit, like, not inside. I've never, like, squirted it from penetration, ever.
1: Uh-huh, which I heard is um, pretty normal. So,
3: like, basically, yeah. So, basically, I just get the clit stimulators, like, turn it up to the highest I can take it, and then it just happens. Oh, it.
1: That's yeah. Amazing. Wait, is a clit by clit stimulator you mean a vibrator, right?
3: Yeah, but it only goes on the clit. It's not one of those vibrators that go inside. It's like oh. only made for your clit.
1: Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I've done it once and like I was literally just by myself like and I don't know how that happened and then I feel More, like even I've been with your man. No, 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 I was by myself. Oh, um and I think every time like I I get the sensation of oh, I have to pee and then I'm like, okay, I, I I'm going to just go pee.
0: This Same. was with that um vibrator that you love, right?
1: Um I think it was with the the wand. It it's was either with the wand or that like U-shaped the thing. The
0: U-shaped one. Yeah, that you were like raving about. Yeah. Damn. I need some <laughs>
2: toys. Um Yeah. Yeah, and Jesse, <laughs> I really hope you can bring it back. Um, I was going to ask you guys something a little earlier. This is, like, a little off topic. But I was, like, with one of my partners recently and just, like, doing something for him that he's really into. and he was One like, of my partners. <laughs> and he was, like, in the moment, he was, like, thank you for doing this for me. And I was telling my coworker about that, and she was, like, that's corny. Like, why would he say that in the moment? That's whack.
1: Way I like that.
2: I know, I liked it. I don't know, just we were speaking about like communication and stuff, and I was like, is that is that black i I think i I don't know, I was into it, and I was I, into thinking about like how can we bring those- like that kind of conversation through sex constantly? you know
1: yeah, I think communication during sex makes it better
3: way better, yeah,
1: yeah, it's like, oh, like I really like what you're doing right now. I don't know and then it kind of like builds up your confidence right because it's like wow he really likes what i'm doing so much that he mm-hmm. like is thanking me you know yeah, men
3: that men that are like silent i'm just like why are you here like
1: <laughs> dude i know right like come on give me some you know some mat talk if you watch Cheer, you know what that means
2: no okay <laughs> but i need to but sometimes have you ever said something like so fucking awkward when you were trying to like dirty talk
1: I a, a thousand percent just because i'm awkward but <laughs>
2: <laughs> so i just like never sometimes i don't know what to say and then i just default on noises but like if i'm kind of lit i start talking all the shit like craziness
3: but also yeah well like, i think mm-hmm. like just naturally me like whether i'm lit or not like i literally will tell guys to tell me to like shut the fuck up and like call me a bitch in bed i just like shit like
1: that yes okay were you always this confident like in your sexuality or is that something that you like grew into or was there an experience that led to that
3: i think i was always this confident like even when i went to central like college or whatever like people used to say oh look she's so promiscuous," blah 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 because like i used to dress like really like wearing tight clothing and crop tops and like booty shorts and stuff and, like, I'm an Aquarius, so naturally we don't give a fuck what anyone has to say about us. Um, so, like, like I always was the one in my relationships trying to do, like, new things. Or, like, I remember the first time I had a threesome, I was the one that put that together. Like, um, i just always been this confident, I feel like. that's That's fire.
1: Yeah, I love that. Well, for those who aren't as confident, I guess this is my last question. Do you have any advice?
3: Um... I would say to be confident first, don't go look for it in someone else to help you be confident. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say get into yourself. And when I say get into yourself, that literally means take a night where you have the lights, low candles going and you put on music and just dance like as seductively as you can in the mirror. Like even if it feels weird, just do it like really feel yourself and like feel who you are and like feel why you want to move a certain way instead of going to someone else to give you that confidence. Because once you try to go to someone else to give you that confidence, it's never really going to be there when you're by yourself. Mm.
1: That's so true. That's great advice. They gave it to you. Um, wow. So finally, we have a segment called Black Girl Doing Shit or Black Girls Doing Shit. And we really use this segment to highlight a black woman who's kind of pioneering in her industry or is doing something that we're proud of. And this week, Our black girl doing shit is you. So thank you so much for coming on.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: Of course. We really appreciate it. Um, This has been so educational for our listeners. Um, And can you tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can maybe get more information?
3: Yes. So you can find me on Instagram, which is the chocolate dom, D-O-M-M-E underscore. You can also find me on Twitter at Eyes, like your eyes E-Y-E-S-X, on, O-N, fire. Um, you can also find me on YouTube at YouTube.com TheChocolateDom. If you're interested in joining Black Dom Sorority, you can click any of the links in my bio when you do follow me on what I just told you to follow me on. And there's an application for um, incoming members. Or if you just have any general questions, you can reach out to me. And I'm pretty much very good and I'm very responsive on social media
2: amazing thank Thank you you so much for all the work that you do and creating this community for people to explore their
3: desires and to get money yeah and supporting
1: your sisters exactly
3: yes always and thank you ladies so much for having me this was so much fun i felt like i was just talking to my girlfriends it was fun
1: yeah oh (laughs) yeah well we'd love to have you back on sometime and uh we'll we'll keep an eye out about those swinger parties yeah
3: yes that please is. do i have them every three months so the next one will probably be in spring
1: amazing yes. thank you so much have an thank amazing you. weekend or week Bye. you too <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so shadi you can end the recording
3: I'm still here. Okay,
0: cool.